So I'm here today with Aaron Connolly, Research Fellow in East Asia Program at the Lowy Institute. Um, Aaron, you've got a long-standing interest in Myanmar. How big a turning point is the change of government this week? Well, yesterday was a remarkable moment for Myanmar, the first uh, transition to a civilian government since uh, 1962 when a military coup took place, and Myanmar's had military rulers uh, ever since. So regardless of the, the challenges that this government will face, uh, it is a tremendous moment for, for Myanmar in that regard. Now, I saw a report from the BBC who has claimed to see a bill from the new government that will create a role similar to Prime Minister for Aung San Suu Kyi. Now, she's made her intention to rule by proxy clear, given the constitution effectively bars her from the presidency. And there's been a lot of speculation about how she will do that. Assuming the draft bill is legitimate, what are your views on this strategy? Well, this goes to the heart of the dispute between the military and Aung San Suu Kyi. Uh, the Constitution bars her from the presidency because she has sons who are foreign citizens. That was a provision written into the 2008 Constitution by the military specifically to prevent her from leading uh, an administration under the new Constitution. She's decided she's going to circumvent that prohibition. She's had the president, uh, who is her personal pick uh, and a close childhood friend of hers, uh, appoint her to four different ministries, including foreign minister, which gives her a seat on the powerful uh, Strategic Defense and Security Council, uh, which under this constitution uh, has the power to invoke emergency powers. Uh, and so she's really inserting herself, herself into uh, various parts of the government to give herself as powerful a position as she can obtain without actually being president. Uh, and this new bill appears to be an attempt by the NLD to legitimate the fact that she is taking on uh, such a powerful role throughout the government uh, and to, to push back against any criticism that the military may present that uh, her position is illegitimate uh, under the Constitution, given that there is no, no role for a prime minister in Myanmar under this Constitution. How do you think the military might react to this proposal? This has uh, been the key question about how the military and Aung San Suu Kyi will get along and whether or not they can find a modus vivendi where they can govern together. Because with all the challenges that Myanmar is facing, they really do have to learn to govern together. Uh, the constitution makes clear that the military is unwilling to leave the scene. And on Sunday, Armed Forces Day, uh, we saw a tremendous display of, of, uh, of military power in Naypyidaw um, and the next day, the New Light of Myanmar, the state-run uh, newspaper, had in a two-inch headline that said, here to stay. Uh, so the military has made very clear that it's not going anywhere. The question is whether or not they can accommodate Aung San Suu Kyi to a point uh, where she is relatively satisfied with, with the situation. And on the other side, uh, whether or not Aung San Suu Kyi can learn to govern in cooperation with uh, the men who jailed her uh, for the better part of two decades. Uh, that's still very much an open question. And I guess one other way we'll see that play out is in terms of the peace process that was put in place by the previous government. Um, what are your expectations in terms of how that process will continue under the new government? Well, the peace process uh, was really uh, very, very much a product of the previous government, which was led by retired generals who had stepped out of uniform. Uh, and that government had some disagreements with the military about how that process was run. And Aung San Suu Kyi was also very critical of that process. Uh, and many ethnic groups who were involved in that process, ethnic armed groups who were involved in that process, also said that Aung San Suu Kyi uh, 
uh, was not really involved in the process, was not uh, really engaged in that process. She has now said that she's going to make it a top priority of her administration. She said that the, she's also said that other things are her top priority, so there are several top priorities. Uh, but she has said that she will focus on this. Uh, that's a positive sign because this could uh, make or break Myanmar's transition. Uh, the periphery of the country is lawless uh, in many areas, uh, and that leads to a good deal of uh, drug running, uh, illicit trade in, in goods like gems and timber, uh, and also uh, human trafficking. And uh, so whether or not they can come to some sort of a peace agreement in the periphery that would extend the authority of the state to the borders of Myanmar, um, it, it's, um, it's a, a very long-standing goal of Myanmar's politicians. Some of these conflicts have been going on for 70 years, uh, but that's a, a very important priority for Aung San Suu Kyi. And how she handles that process is, is very important. She's obviously, uh, both Aung San Suu Kyi and the new government as a whole, obviously has you know, a, a tremendous lot on its plate. I mean, if you look at all of that um, sectarian violence on the borders as well as you know, the economy. But if we just look outwards for a minute, there's been a lot of speculation on how the change in government will affect relations with the US and China. Uh, what will you be looking for in that respect? Well, it, it's interesting because under the junta, especially in the late days of the junta from 2006 to 2010 or so, uh, the junta had a very good relationship with, uh, with China and did a lot of deals, uh, Chinese investment in infrastructure in Myanmar. And the most recent government, the, the uh, semi-civilian government under Thane Sein, uh, that just concluded its five-year term, suspended some of those very prominent deals, most prominently the Mitsun Dam on the Irrawaddy River. And that was a very popular decision within Myanmar, uh, but it really angered Chinese officials uh, because this was such a, a massive project. They have been lobbying Aung San Suu Kyi to lift the suspension of this project. That would be extraordinarily unpopular in Myanmar, but it would establish uh, a good rapport with China. So a lot of folks are looking at uh, whether or not she will lift the suspension of Mitsun Dam. We have some precedent to go off of here, some, some uh, a past record of Aung San Suu Kyi that we, that we can look at. In 2012, when there was a protest outside uh, a copper mine in Lepadan, where the Myanmar police force used what, what was later believed to be uh, white phosphorus gas against protesting monks, Aung San Suu Kyi was placed in charge of the investigation into that incident. And in her conclusions, uh, which came quite late, uh, she concluded that the police were not to blame, and she did not advocate uh, ending or concluding the, the Chinese defense contractor's contract on that copper mine, as many of her supporters wanted her to do. Uh, really disappointing many, many of those supporters. Uh, and China was very pleased by this. And so if she continues uh, her past record, she may disappoint her supporters uh, in order to uh, you know, gain a, a potential friend in, in the Chinese government. They invited her to Beijing last year, which was sort of unusual. China generally works government to government and doesn't uh, work with opposition parties in its neighboring countries. Uh, but they invited her to Beijing last year. She went to Beijing. Uh, but of course, she has very strong relationships with many Western governments from her years uh, under house arrest as well. It's interesting, isn't it, if you look at how much we know about Aung San Suu Kyi. It's, it's very much been as you know, a historic leader of an opposition. Many opposition leaders in the past have found transition to power a very difficult thing to grapple with. And I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. But, but it's unusual to have such immense world standing as you go into government, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, well, and you know, this is the uh, really big question for Aung San Suu Kyi. Late in her life, she's 70 years old, 
and she has an opportunity to be a national leader and to lead a process of reconciliation uh, like some of her heroes, like Nelson Mandela, for instance. And the question is whether or not she can transition from being uh, what was an admirably stubborn opposition leader, a resistance leader, uh, to being one who can unite the country, uh, a country that has uh, suffered from ethnic conflicts for 70 years, has a lot of sectarian tensions uh, that, that uh, bubbled to the surface under the previous government. Um, and in a situation in which she has to cooperate with her former jailers. And we have seen indications that she understands that challenge. She has appointed ethnic uh, party representatives uh, to important posts within the parliament, and also uh, one of her vice presidents, who she named, uh, is a Chin, uh, ethnic Chin. Uh, and so that was a good sign. Uh, but we have also seen signs that she's not prepared uh, to give up very much power that she really does value loyalty to an extraordinary degree that was very helpful when she was leading an underground opposition uh, movement, uh, but that may not be very helpful in government. So how she balances these different instincts will be, will be key. Well, we'll watch with interest and we'll talk again. Thanks very much, Aaron. Thanks, Emma.